What can you possibly say to somebody that looks like Rambo pretty much with his shirt off? <laughs> Welcome I'm to the I'm glad we got Rambo on the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. Welcome to the sixth, I think sixth Power Hour podcast. We took another week off. I think this is more of a bi-weekly podcast. I don't know whenever we feel like it, as long as it's a Sunday yeah. or Monday podcast. Usually, yeah. So, uh, lots to talk about, sort of. What is it today? Sunday, June 20th. Happy Father's Day. Did you guys call your fathers yet? Yep. Talked to mine on Friday night. Uh, I tried calling him again this morning. Yeah, I haven't talked to mine yet. I'll call him after this. This is more important. I mean, they're both important. Well, we're making money on this. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, I need to start adding ads. So we're on iTunes. I got us on iTunes. Uh, I started advertising on Twitter and Facebook. So now I just need to get the uh, AdSense stuff up. We'll start seeing the dollars roll in. Right. I think it helps. I looked at the downloads. I don't know how accurate this is or exactly what it counts, but uh, previous in our previous podcast, it'd say about nine or ten downloads, and our last one had twenty. Oh my god! So right. I don't know if that's like bots doing it or what, but it's got to be. We are exponentially adding fans. I like the sound of that. It's good. Well, it's good. Do major media outlets like skim these uh, homegrown podcasts looking for their next stars? <laughs> What is skim? Like, do they just pay people to just sit around and listen to like random podcasts thrown up on iTunes? Possibly, yeah. Looking for the next stars. Like, is somebody sitting there going, "This Chris McCann guy? I don't know what he looks like, but he might be uh, might be the next face of our network." Yeah, that's a possibility. I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past anybody. Do you think Chris McCann is most likely to be uh, picked as the next face of a network? I don't know. What do you think, Chris? Yes. All right. <laughs> Sorry. These hawkisms don't work very well. No, that's because hawk is just terrible. <laughs> but I was hoping to lead that into the segue of... Well, what did Chris think? Did he have anything to say about that? About what? Are uh, you being next something, face of podcasts? Um, I mean, it just seems pretty obvious that that would happen, right? I mean, I'm unbelievable at everything. Yeah. So. I think it would help if we leaked a sex tape of you. Yeah. Does this mean one night I'm going to come home and I'm going to find you, like, stashed away in the beer pong room behind my bedroom with a camera and you're just going to pop on? Surprise, I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> you won't even be you having sex. I'll I'll just be. No, won't even be. No, clearly not. No one would come I'll near just, me. I'll just um, be erroneous pictures of you uh, stumbling around drunk. Yeah, either that or I'm just gonna find that you're gonna like crop my face into a movie, like into some porno you find. Right. Yeah, I'll put your head on a big black man's body. Yeah, that would work out well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. So the White Sox have won six in a row now. Bases loaded, one out, and Pujols kicks it again. From a small town to the big leagues, I'm Albert Pujols, and this is my journey to comfort. <laughs> that was unintentional, sorry. Yeah, I was about to say what. <laughs> no, I loaded, I hate when I do this, I loaded the White Sox webpage, you know how it always plays a video? Yeah. White Sox have the most obnoxious webpage. Well, I think every team has the same thing. I'll do that. It's probably, yeah. Yeah, it's probably just I think it's thing. like a, a template for each team, for MLB, right. and they all have the same thing. And yeah. Anyway, so, White Sox have won six in a row. Thank God for interleague play. This has uh, rejuvenated some of my faith in the White Sox. I'm going to move my over-under back. <laughs> um, I'm yeah, well, I guess, I mean, you can go ahead and thank the Cubs for that. The Cubs uh, and the Nationals. Well, no, actually, the, they lost their last game against the Cubs because Ted Lilly didn't give up a hit for eight innings, eight-plus innings. Yeah. Um, so I think that just jump-started their success run. So you can just thank the Cubs for that. The Cubs pitching well jump-started the White Sox success? Yes, because they got tired of losing after that one-hit performance. <laughs> just, just trust me on it, it's true. Okay, so the White—I mean—they're still right. Oh, this marks a momentous occasion. They won today. That put them at finally at five hundred. They are—they are now a non-losing team. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's a momentous occasion that we should all be proud of. Um, you have to um, get for that. 
Yeah, I've already started. Good for you. Um, this is the Power Hour podcast, after all. Right. And I went golfing, so <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? That's true. Golfing is, uh, golfing is one of those excuses to get drunk sports. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, there's still five and a half back. That's still tough to come back from. Um, four, still four games behind the Tigers. But I'm going to move my over-under back again to where I had it before, uh, to the end of the Minnesota series. So that's July 18th after that game. That's what I think I'll give up on the White Sox. We'll see how they play against Minnesota. That is, uh, that is always the trick, right, is whether or not we're going to collapse towards the end of the season. Right. Yeah, I'll push, I'll push back to that uh, mid-July Minnesota series as well. Okay. So, uh, yeah, because I was looking, because the Twins and the Tigers play – uh, at the end of this month, I think. Yeah. And so that's going to be... We're not going to gain any ground there, right? Right. That's that's a wash for us. So we'll see, though. We got the Cubs, though, this weekend. That'll be fun because that'll be on TV. I get to watch that. Right, right. I think I think the Cubs-White Sox series did rejuvenate the White Sox to a point because they just, they just seemed like they didn't... Like, in the game we went to, they just seemed like they... They just didn't have, like, a lot of belief in themselves. No, excuse me. Belief in themselves for the most part. And the, the Crosstown Classic is one of those things where, like, the city always gets really amped up about it and the fans really start caring and stuff like that. It's, you know, yeah. in a 160-game baseball season, you don't, like, there's there's an ebb and flow. You, there's nothing really to get amped up for. And yeah. the Crosstown Classic is one of those cool things that you can, in the middle of June, get excited about baseball for. That's true. And we just come off of a win from the Tigers, too. So I think that was the first, if I recall correctly, I think that was the first time the White Sox had won four in a row was after their after they beat the Cubs in the second game. Right. I don't think they had won four in a row all season. That sounds right, because we'd only won... We, we've still won, like, a woeful, woeful number of series or something like that. Yeah. Or maybe it was we hadn't won four or five or something. Anyway. Uh, anyway, six-game winning streak. I'm happy. Obama was at the uh, Nationals game on Friday night. Was he? Was yeah. that the Strasbourg game? The what? Was that one of Strasburg's games? Yeah, I think so. He left during the ninth, though. It went that right. That went into like eleven innings, ten or eleven. Uh, Obama. They said Obama left during I the ninth. It. You watched it? Yeah, we were at a bar. Okay. And drinking, and Cusano really wanted to watch it, so we stood right in front of the TV and watched it. We really wanted to watch Strasburg, so. Yeah. Again, I love I love the enthusiasm you bring to this podcast. <laughs> We're talking about the White Sox. It just depresses me because it reminds me about the, that I'm a Cubs fan. Mm. You are. That's why Nate and I love to talk about it. Yeah, it, the Cubs are horrible, despite today's twelve to one victory. We need yeah. to start nullifying, nullifying yesterday's twelve to nothing loss. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's soccer, though, right? Would you have the same? You'd have the same amount of points. There you go. What? Right? That, don't don't, don't your scores count in soccer? I've really been following the World Cup, but what soccer? Don't your goals count towards something? It's your first tiebreaker. Um, in, in so in the World Cup, it's you go into group play and you get three points for a win, one point for a draw, no points for a loss, and the top two teams out of four in a round robin format advance out of the group. Okay. And your first tiebreak, I think, is goal differential. And then the second tiebreaker is goal scoring. So, okay. so yeah, I mean, like, so when Germany, you know, hangs four on uh, whoever the hell they beat in their first game, just Paris in their first game, like that, that is that could be a big deal, especially considering that Germany lost to Serbia. In their right. Um, um. So I didn't see this. What do you think about the uh, the call that ref made at the end of the last U.S. game, where he disallowed the goal? That uh, yeah, I, I don't know. The ref seemed to get worse as the game went on, in my opinion. Like he, <laughs> his decisions became more and more suspect. Uh, I, I guess what bothers me the most about that, like I, I mean, I think it was a terrible call. I can't figure out what what was going yeah, on. Right? I haven't read anything that justifies it. Well, yeah, that's that's what bothers me the most is. You know they've asked they asked FIFA to come out with and like you know just make something up do something right right but like FIFA won't say what like FIFA 
won't release what this guy saw or haven't, you know, asked this guy to justify it. Or if they have, you know, they haven't released it. They haven't released it to the press. And I see no reason to not do that. Like that's, that's what seems ridiculous to me is that, I mean, you know, if you, if you want to call a foul, like on one of those plays where the ball just gets ripped into the scrum, I mean, like, yeah, go ahead. There's always fouls there, you know, like Clint Dempsey looks like he got headlocked, you know, like got, like hip tossed onto the ground, right? And like, mm-hmm. you know, a couple other guys, the like U.S. guys were being held. I'm sure we can find. I'm sure if we looked for it, we could find a U.S. guy that was doing something illegal in there that you could call that for. So just, I don't know. But I think it was a bad call. But what makes me, and I think it was a bad call, and I think it's one of those situations where it's hard to call out any time when they're just whipping the ball into the box like that. But I would at least like FIFA to come out and just lie to me about something or. I, I don't know something. I guess uh, in in light of all that, though, they gave the they gave the I think it was Malayan official. They gave him an expediated review or something like that. And uh, I do not believe he will be uh, refereeing any more World Cup matches. So. Okay, yeah, I'm reading the ESPN article now, and it says they're saying if he's found to have made a serious mistake, especially one that affected the outcome, he'll be highly unlikely to have any further part in the tournament. And then it goes on to say there's no appeals process, so the U.S. can't really do anything about it. Right. Uh, So, you know, let's go back to our last podcast. Do we need expanded instant replay in soccer? I don't know how it helps this kid. I would be be fine with expanded instant replay in soccer, uh, like they do in hockey, with, like, goal line technology kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I would be I would be fine if you did that. I think that I think that would be a good use for it. But in in soccer, so much of like what a foul, like when a foul is called, like so much of that's just up to the referee's discretion. Like like the the laws of the game are you know like the same from like five years you know onto like eighty or whatever. Like you know any age group plays like with the same laws of the game if you play a full eleven on eleven match. Yeah, yeah. But but like so much of it is just so much of like what is and is not a foul. Is uh, is up to the uh, is up to like the referee and like one example is uh, yeah I think it was I think I watched I think it was the Germany Serbia game I don't, I don't know it was it was one of Germany's it was Germany Australia when Germany hung four points on Australia I remember they came out these are these are both you know two teams that play physical soccer and I remember they came out and they announced that they have Mexican officials and the the Mexican leagues have a uh, have a lot more flopping play a much less physical game right. And I, the referee handed out like five cards in that game or something like that. Like, and it was just one of those things like the German, the German players and the Australian players had no idea. Like, you know, they, they're not used to being officiated this, this way in this type of way. And so, I mean, there's, there is, that, that is, that is part of the game. Yeah. Really see so it's a bad call or something we can do about it. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about that, but instant replay goal line. If, if you wanted to do goal line technology, you could do that. I would be, I would be okay with that as long as the play is already stopped. You know, I, I think mean, it was Simmons. I forget who said that. I think it was Simmons. But he said, you know, in other sports, if the ref makes a bad call and he knows it, he'll at least make up for it later in the game, you know, by giving the team a break. But they don't do that in soccer. Right. Yeah, I mean, in baseball, you have the makeup caller. You'll see, like, a soft foul in the NBA or something like that. But yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it might be part of soccer culture in some countries, but for the most part, I've never seen anything like that. Um, yeah, what do you think, McCann? Uh yeah, I agree. All right, we're we're, we're hitting all of McCann's uh, hot topic issues. The White Sox, soccer, and the White Sox. <laughs> so we'll go. We'll do something McCann likes. Uh, Simmons came out with a LeBron no, it's, to it's Chicago fine. theory. I was, I was curious just... if you had one. Uh, <laughs> um, my theory. Well, what did what did he say? I'm way behind on myself. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna. I don't really understand all this because I don't know sports as well. But I'll just read the whole thing. So LeBron is wrapped by Leon Rose. Right. Bosch wrapped by Henry Thomas. LeBron's mentor is Uncle Wes, a.k.a. William Wesley. Right. Okay. So this spring, Uncle Wes becomes a CAA agent, which is who Leon Rose is, works for, mm-hmm. uh, for college pro coaches. He quietly assigned signed Boston assistant Tom Thibodeau a few weeks ago. Thibodeau? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thibodeau is a long-time mentor of Secretary Arnie Duncan, who's the education secretary, and also a big Bulls fan and uh, was superintendent of Chicago schools. Duncan is buddies with, obviously, boss Barack Obama, who's also a big Bulls fan, and has gone on record as saying he wants LeBron there. And Duncan and Obama play pickup ball together. 
right, hang on. There's, there's more. Right, we're not quite done yet. So Jerry Reinsdorf, we know, owns the Bulls and the White Sox, but that's irrelevant in this case. Uh, he owns the Bulls, and he's an unabashed Obama suck-up. So Thibodeau signs with Wes. Thibodeau. Thibodeau <laughs> signs with Wes. Never mentioned for vacant Bulls job until a few days ago. Gets it within 72 hours. So here's how Simmons connects the dots. It's LeBron to West to Thibodeau to Duncan to Obama. You're telling me Obama Duncan aren't quite possibly maybe a little bit involved with influencing the LBJ sweepstakes this summer if he becomes a bull? Yeah, that's the that's, most convoluted thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that's um, Simmons. You should end quote on, on Simmons when you're done with him. So oh, yeah. He ends with hmm end quote. Well, <laughs> No, that is just as convoluted as it sounds. Um, you could make connections like that for everything. Um, I mean, you could also make connections like that. If you want to connect LeBron to Obama, the Wizards have cap space. He could sign with the Wizards. Yeah, but, but then we start going into, does Obama love uh, his hometown teams more, or does he uh, just he want does. to... He, he does. He likes the hometown teams more. However, I don't know. I think that's all completely convoluted. I think you're going to be able to find connections to LeBron James for every city. Believe it yeah, or I don't not, know if he probably is that theory. No, I, I I think it's all completely stupid and brought up for comedic purposes, which is funny. Right. Um, I think LeBron. Hopefully, he'll come to the Bulls. I would like to see that. I think you put him on the team with. With Derrick Rose and Noah, and that's that's a Hollywood cornerstone you got. Um, so I don't know. I hope we get LeBron. I like the Thibodeau signing. And your theory was: were they saying that Thibodeau wasn't even mentioned for the Bulls job? Because that's not true. He was yeah. rumored. He was rumored. It said when Vinny took the job. It says he was never mentioned for the job until a few days ago. Yeah, that's that's Pat not Williams. true. All right, that's that's not true. That's completely made up. The fact of the matter is, the Bulls are probably going to get LeBron, Bosch, and Wade. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all of them. They'll all take pay cuts to play. In the, uh, and then those three will start with Rose and Noah. <laughs> and we'll never put anybody else in. We'll, we'll win every game by 80 points. Well, we won't, we won't be able to afford to pay any other player's salary. So if, uh, right. We'll have exactly five players. <laughs> Yeah. Well, either way, I, I mean, the Bulls are definitely going to win the title next year. No question about that. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be a good thing for the city if you could get the Bulls and the Blackhawks to do well. Yeah, let's start with the Blackhawks. All right. How awesome are the Blackhawks? Pretty awesome. So I didn't. My brother went to the game. He found us ticket on eBay for like three hundred bucks. Oh, for game six. For game, uh, yeah, game six. Wow. And he flew to. He flew there by himself. So he didn't just work. He flew. He left at the end of the day, got on an airplane, flew to Philly, watched the game by himself, and then I guess he had a friend that was in town on business, so he went out with that guy that night, and then he flew back to Chicago at like 5 a.m. the next day. <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. That's, that's a pretty that's awesome night. Uh, I actually almost, my sister's boyfriend called me and thought he had his friend had tickets and it turned out not to pan out or something. He didn't get them. But he almost had tickets for 120 bucks. And was going to drive to Philly like Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, go there, and then just take off Wednesday and Thursday and come back after that, which would have been so awesome. But instead, I just rioted in Chicago, which was maybe not as awesome, but pretty awesome. Yeah, does Chicago show the world how to riot? How to safely riot. We know how to, <laughs> we know how to become party animals in a responsible manner, apparently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, here's what I would say happened. I mean, I, my description of, of what, what happened. We went out for the game. It was pretty crazy. Things got a little crazier when the bar next door lost its power. And the population of our bar doubled. Um, things got a little hectic. Then we won. And everyone started going nuts. Uh, Chaliwa started pouring beer on everyone. Um... And then we went out. We, we ended up going to... We thought Clark would be pretty nuts. Um, so we went over on the Clark Street, and there were people everywhere. Very reminiscent of Illinois going to the uh, winning that Final Four game and going to the national title in 2005 after we beat Louisville. Um, very safe rioting. Like, there wasn't much going on. 
people were just outside in the streets going nuts. Uh, and then I remember it was a Wednesday night, and I looked outside our window at one in the morning and saw cops going down the street on horses. <laughs> Usually when I go out and get drunk on Wednesday nights, I don't see that. Um, so that was kind of entertaining. Uh and then I guess things got started to get more out of hand on Friday, which was the day of the parade. Uh, Lattner said he, when he left us, he walked home, walked through there. He said Clark was completely blocked off. Cops were chasing people around because everyone was running on top of cars and stuff. Um, it was pretty nuts. It was, it was. I mean, there it, no real destruction. It's not like, uh, you know, I heard uh, the Lakers, you know, L.A. had a ton of arrests after the Lakers won it the other night. Um, the recent 30 for 30 that they had on about uh, June 17th of 94, they showed Vancouver after they lost to the Rangers in the Stanley Cup Finals and things were just on fire. Nothing like that, but it was it was pretty nuts. Um, and it was also funny because I was watching, we, we DVR'd the parade and the rally that Friday and uh, Patrick Kane is just completely blacked out during the whole thing. He's so hammered, it was unbelievable. Then I went to the Cubs game that Sunday, the Cubs-Sox game, when Lily dominated you guys, and the Cup was there, and they were singing the seventh-inning stretch, and we saw on a TV monitor inside the stadium. Kane looked hammered for that. I'm not sure those guys have stopped drinking. I think they've all, they said they've been drinking like 14 hours a day and just sleeping time, and that's all they've done is just sleep and get drunk. They're on a, so, they're on a spring break. They're basically on like a several-months-long spring break. So our, our whole team's going to come back with uh, liver cirrhosis and uh, like oh, 30, sure. 30 pounds over. I guess this is, what, yeah. this is what happens when you put a bunch of 22-year-olds at the top of the world. Well, that's, yeah, that's the other thing is they're, they're all really young. I mean, John Madden is 37, I think. Right. Rose is 31, Sharp's 28, and everyone else is young. Like, Sharp's the old, he's the third oldest in the team. He's 28. Everyone else is our age or younger. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. They've been given the keys. Uh, they're basically those guys could go around and commit murder, and they I don't know. Like, oh, it's the Blackhawks. <laughs> uh, it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. I, like, I'm, I'm a little upset. We DVR the game. I've watched the end of it several times. Um, when they won it, we all just went absolutely nuts. I think it was kind of. Well, I guess let me ask you guys this because I, I heard this being debated a lot. Um, I mean, you guys saw the end of it, right? The last goal mm-hmm. that came had. Yeah. It was kind of under the radar, I guess. Oh, actually, I didn't watch it, but... Well, have you seen the goal? Yeah. Okay, so Kane comes down the left side, scores uh, to the five hole. He's the only one that noticed it, so he started going nuts, but everybody else in the ice, Lad kind of noticed it, I think. The refs didn't make a signal, the horn never went off. The entire Flyers team was just standing there. Nobody knew he had scored for like five seconds, and then the entire team just poured onto the ice. Is that anticlimactic being an overtime goal that you didn't know was scored on the road? Or does that make it that much better that all of a sudden, like, all hell broke loose? I mean, personally, I don't really know. I'm just happy we won. But a lot of people were kind of debating, you know, is there a worse way to win it or is there a better way to win it? I when you have a when you have a sudden death situation, I mean, it's like you know, like in baseball, you hit a walk off home run. There's guys there to greet you, and there are buzzer beaters in basketball. And like part of the fun of those is just watching everybody, you know, just watching these guys that were like three seconds earlier go go from you know hardcore competitive mode to just exploding in happiness. I mean, I suppose the fact that it was awkward for about ten seconds, like you know, like you're not going to play like clips of clips of them celebrating, right? Like, right. This might be something that, you know, on, like, some sort of weird sports debate show or on Sports Talk History, like, this will be weirdest ways to win a championship or something, you know, like, like this will, you know, this will make it somewhere on the list. But it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I don't know. I talked to one of the guys I worked with said when he was watching it, he actually thought, watching it from his TV at home, that went in right away. And I remember I just thought he'd lost his mind and when he started throwing his shit off, like... Yeah. I, just, I just thought he'd gone insane. Yo, I will cut your hair while you're sleeping. What? Okay. That was insane. Are we are we segueing? No, <laughs> I, I think this we can we can let's slowly 
I'll move into another portion of this. Okay. So, needless to say, we got incredibly intoxicated after they won it. I got up from my lab the next day. I was staggering all over the place. Inverno thought he missed his exit five miles away from his office. We were all completely out of it. Showed up to my lab. I barely had my eyes open. And uh, some girls were like, oh, did you go out last night? I was like, yeah, the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup. I drank a couple of beers. And I'm completely out of it right now. And at one point we were doing the lab, and the girl goes, oh, man, you smell like someone... Like, did someone pour an entire case of beer on you? And I just turned around and said, yeah, it was Chalila. Because I just, I literally had beer poured all over me, and I barely, I got up in time to finish the homework that I couldn't do the day before and go right to class. Um, I didn't shower or anything. Showed up there, and, and it just led me to, to start thinking, what, how do you riot? Are there rules someone should follow? Is there a, a do not do the following things list? Is there a do Or do, do the, the following things, things yeah. Yes. Um, like like some of this, for this I guess I seek your guys your guys advice. What are you gonna say, Nate? I, I I said a seminal like riot checklist. Yeah, basically. I mean, one get drunk. I think that's pretty obvious. Right. Um, right. So the closest thing I've ever been to a riot right was when uh, Illinois went to the the basketball team went to the championship and everybody like mm-hmm. flooded Green Street. Yeah, you, you can. That's a riot. I mean, that's fair. I mean, like we're not. You know, these are sports riots, right? Like, we're not protesting some sort of major social upheaval or anything like that. I and mean, this is just a bunch of people that are really, like, you just have a lot of energy and you just need to get it out. But, yeah. Right. Now, I would say about, I mean, I've seen every riot I feel like I've been involved in or some sort of part of has been very good, I'd say. I mean, the, the biggest ones that I can think of would be the Blackhawks winning a Stanley Cup. I mean, not even close to anything else. Um Followed probably by Illinois winning the uh, winning their final four game to go to the national title, and actually I was down in Champaign when they beat Ohio State in two thousand seven. Yeah, that was that was yeah. pretty, that was pretty that cool. was one of the smallest of those three. I mean, I was out when the Cubs clinched the division in 08. That got a little bit nuts. Remember I mean, how weak it was when the White Sox won the World Series? Were you there, Nate? Champaign. Me, me, you, Raph, and then uh, I think Chalio was there. We all walked to CBS. Yeah, and there were like 20 people outside. There was no riot at all. Yeah, we all bought bottles of Corbell, and then yep. JD picked us up because he was doing, it was when he was doing his pizza delivery gig. He picked yeah. us and we all went back to the uh, Sun Deck and sprayed champagne all over ourselves and got drunk. Yeah. But like, yeah, the rest of the house was, you know, people were just doing their work. <laughs> but even like the whole city, there were literally like 20 people outside. Yeah. Yeah, there was the, yeah, like you could you walk down the block once every couple feet, you'd high five somebody who also right. was a White Sox fan. But yeah, and like the other the other strike you think about it was like so many of these White Sox fans were just by themselves. Like we were like the only group of White Sox fans I saw. Yeah, I think I think Chris is really happy we just brought this back to the White Sox. <laughs> so Ozzy again, <laughs> go to hell. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess as far what I've seen from the safe riots was essentially um, people highly intoxicated, uh, lots of hugging and exchanges of positive emotions. It, it kind of, you know, what it seems like actually, if we could compare it to something, it's like Ghostbusters two, when at the very end, or not, I guess not at the very end, when, when they di- discover that the slime is both positively and negatively charged. It is negatively charged, and you can make it positively charged to spread good emotions. And they spray it all over the inside of the Statue of Liberty, and then they soak Vigo at the end. Um, or no, not Vigo, I'm sorry, Janosch, and make him happy. I think they did it to Ray also. Yeah. They, they, and it, it seems like, like after these riots, it seems, it seems like that everyone was just sprayed with that slime of good emotions, happy emotions. And everyone, I don't know. I, I think being around a losing effort would be worse. But even after Illinois lost in, in 05 to North Carolina, which will not be brought up again on this podcast or ever again, right. um, people went out just kind of, people just went out and kind of like, you know, acknowledged what happened. Everyone went out onto the street. No one was angry. But I think the losing team, you'd see a lot more violence with that. Um, flipping cars, things like that. But I don't know. I think to have made it that far, I think you're just kind of happy either way, which is what we saw during that uh, after we lost North Carolina. 
Right. It's I, depressing yeah. that we didn't win. I think we we could have, but that's it. I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? What do you guys think makes a good riot, <laughs> safe or otherwise? Well, no, I don't know. I think it's a good riot. I don't think it can be a good riot unless people get arrested. <laughs> I think it's just more of a large social gathering if there's no arrests or violence. Yeah. I, not that you have to partake, but now here's the thing. You obviously don't want to be the one to get arrested because then you miss part of it. Right. So maybe we're discussing some things, making this a moot point. How do you instigate other people to get arrested <laughs> or cause violence and then remove yourself from the situation so you can see it from a distance? Well, number one, right, you already said, is you have to be drunk. And the people that are yeah. going to get arrested have to be drunk. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that makes the instigation much easier. Yes, absolutely. Yes, from there, yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know if you can directly cause an arrest. I don't know how much influence you have. You just have to hope somebody really stupid is out there. See, so what? what the only way I can come up with for this is because this is the only time I've seen shit kind of turn ugly in any sort of like sports, sports related gathering of people is if you are on the losing team and uh, and somebody with that jersey walks by with, like, everybody drunk. Like, when the Bears lost the Super Bowl, like, if we'd all seen Ming wearing his Colts jersey, we would have just, like, skewered him, right? Oh, yeah, I think we almost killed him anyway. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think people still went to his room and banged on his door. Um, mm -hmm. But, like, so, I mean, I think that... Uh, I, I think if we were to say, like, travel around the country every time a major sports franchise was getting ready to uh, to win a championship... And uh, just tried to see what what could set people off. If you like planted a Confederate, you know, like if, if the Phillies had won, or not the Phillies, the Flyers had won, and then like you know all these Blackhawks people are angry and they have so much energy pent up and they know the season's over. And then you had somebody, you had like two or three asshole Flyers fans walk through cheering very happily. Like I think that would instigate things being lit on fire. I'm gonna f knock a bitch up. <laughs> that would also do something. That would, you yeah. know what I didn't even think of? The, uh, there was a bar around the corner from my apartment called Mad River, which manages to be both a Chicago Blackhawks bar and a Philadelphia Flyers bar. <laughs> How do they manage that? I, I don't know. Is I there... know it's also an Eagles bar because Sharma took us there once for an Eagles game, not knowing what was going on, and me and <laughs> Chaliwa and Joey Manicola were the only four people without Eagles jerseys on during it because it was a playoff game. Um, but I imagine being in that bar, there were probably some fights there. Right. I mean, the Flyers fans may have just left knowing they were outnumbered, but right. let's say they've been watching it. Now, say Game 7 takes place there and they win it, and the Flyers fans are going nuts in there. I would bet the Chicago fans just start beating the living hell out of them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, that would be, so I go, okay, way number one, is see the future. Pick two teams that are going to be opposing each other in some sort of championship, whether it be the Stanley Cup, the World Series, the NBA Finals, Super Bowl, and support both of those teams. Now you have to. You can't obviously just pick it up on the fly. It's something you have to do for a long time. So some, you have to get some sort of psychic who can see the future. <laughs> pick teams that are going to be opposing each other, or at least involved in it, and pit them against each other. Somehow, I'm not sure if that's possible. I mean, do you guys know any psychics that are good with things like I, that? I'll uh, no, I have no psychic friends, but uh, but I'll yeah. apologize for uh, being too tired to pod last week because if we'd come across this, then we could have uh, Dave. Well, Dave could have moved to Boston for his job, and I could have just quit my job. We could have gone to Boston uh, for that game seven. Well, one of us could have gone gone to Boston. One of us could have gone to L.A. and we could have tried right. to uh, incite riots in either one of those cities. I had a friend that did yeah. go. He was in Boston for Game 7. Yeah. And he said it was pretty tame, actually. Was it? I mean, I don't know what it would have been like if they'd won, but... Well, Boston's Boston's had such, like, a... I mean, I guess this team just won two years ago, too, right? Like. Yeah, I think being heavy underdogs also makes it less of a blow if you actually lose. Right. Whereas, yeah. you know, like, had the Blackhawks lost, they were going into it, they were fairly heavy favorites. So I think if you lose, like, had the, the Lakers... You know, while they, I don't think they were probably there wasn't that much of a difference. But going into the series, I mean, the Lakers were definitely favorites. They lose Game Seven at home to a team that is relatively inferior to them in the minds of most casual fans. That would be a lot more of a, of a blow, I think. Yeah, seeing a team that you know you're expecting to win not win. 
also interesting. This was the first time Phil Jackson had gone to a Game 7 in the championship. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, the Bulls, those Bulls teams always, always close yeah. to six. Yeah, the Lakers, I mean, the, yeah, because usually, usually in basketball, teams just aren't evenly enough matched. Yeah, I'll give Boston credit for that. Yeah. yeah oh, I mean, they, they, they took it seven. They were good. They definitely could have beaten them. I, I still don't think the Lakers were really that good a team this year. They just seemed to, like they seemed weaker. I thought they were a lot better at the beginning of the year than they were at the end, which almost never happens, especially in a championship team. The, the, the team just clearly doesn't like each other. Like, they just... They were a team that was difficult to match up with. Yeah. And that, I think, and that's the same thing with Orlando last year. They present matchup challenges, and that's how you can get by. Right. So, Absolutely. either way, um, another thing, back to the riots, and we're mm-hmm. kind of jumping all over the place. Um, I think an easy way to do that, and this is probably something I should have looked into doing, is... Basically, everyone's drunk. Everyone becomes friends, especially if you're all fans of the same team. Why don't you could just go up to some random drunk person that you've been talking to and say, "Hey, that guy is actually, uh, you know, say for for this week, say, hey, he's actually a Flyers fan, not a Blackhawks fan. Let's get him." Then you go over there <laughs> with the guy and then just leave, and then they start brawling, <laughs> and then they get arrested. This sounds I mean, like a Simpsons episode. Yeah. That, that, that's not a bad idea. What are you or, when he's not here? Fires, fires are another uh, are another main fires, yes. right? So if you're flipping cars, right? Yeah. So if you just uh, put in like just randomly placed large earth moving equipment with the keys in it, and yeah. uh, and like gasoline bo- and like gasoline cans around the place, that those Sled- just sledgehammers too. <laughs> Like, if there was a sledgehammer stand in the middle of Clark, I probably would have bought one and just started smashing stuff. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, you just you just need to put things that people can destroy other shit with. Yeah, I mean, so that's another thing. Baseball, that's free. Strategically place weapons and other tools that can cause destruction throughout the location. Had I gone up and found a sledgehammer stand, I would have bought one and I would have just started smashing things. If I would have found a baseball bat, I would have started breaking things. Right, windows windows would not have been safe. No, windows would not be existent anymore. Um, either that or you find people that you don't like that might not know anything and bring them out. And then later on you could be like, hey, I'm going to get you beat up. And then you just have a bunch of people pummel them. Right. So you could kill two birds with one stone. You could take someone you don't like and get them beat up, and you can start a riot and tie those two together. Right, right. My God, I, well, my brain's flowing here. I like these for, ideas we got coming. For, for all the people you have in your phone that you break into contact you don't like. Yeah, I'm going to riot. Let, let's do this. Let's come up with a list of people we don't like for the next maybe sporting event or anything that could cause a riot, presidential election, whatever. We'll bring someone up. We'll bring them near the fan base of a team that is either going to win or lose, and we'll just throw them to the wolves. Right. Just let them let them take their lumps. I guess the I, I guess we're we're ignoring the fact that we have the uh, secret. We're 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 missing the fact that we have these secret weapons and our two friends, uh, JD and then Andy, our intern. Because because uh, there's two people I've ever seen be able to cause destruction. On a on a mass scale, it's those two, and I feel like if you got, I, I feel like you could uh, you could really, if you got them drunk, and uh, could convince them, or even just put that push them in the general direction of something, they they would like be leading the charge. Of, um, right, I, I agree with that. And someone, Dave, I'm sure you don't know, but Nate, you might. Uh, the person that I've seen almost cause riots by himself on literally just any random given night, drunk or sober, because he's the weirdest person ever, is Devin Flayhive. I don't know, do you know... Yeah, I've met him Yeah, he, uh... If I wanted him to cause a riot, actually, I would just bring him with me and do that. Actually, before game one of the, of the Stanley Cup, we were at the Cubs game. I was with him in the bleachers, and he somehow managed to find a Flyers bandana and a bunch of Flyers stuff and he put it on and started yelling at everyone in the bleachers that he was the biggest Flyers fan in Chicago. 
<laughs> and everyone just wanted to tear his head off. And when I turned around and laughed at him, he told me not to laugh at Flyers fans. And he was just getting everyone against him. And he managed to pull a Bart Simpson somehow all the way and weasel his way out of it and then watch everybody else go at it. Nice. Wow. So maybe so maybe you need an instigator as well. Wait, why was everyone else wasn't everyone else a Blackhawks fan? Yeah. And they were just fighting with each other? Well, he somehow managed to get out of it because, you know, people were then saying, like, oh, don't start fights in the bleachers, and then they started arguing with each other. Okay. Again, like we said before, the main ingredient here is alcohol. Because right, right. after about two seconds of arguing, you forget what you're arguing about, and you're arguing before the sake of arguing. Right, so, you can't lose. You just can't lose. Right, exactly. So he managed to just start all these things. So I think that's what you need. You need booze. You need an instigator. Weapons definitely help. Weapons, tools of mass destruction. I know it's getting dangerous. Yeah, but I, I think alcohol and an instigator are, are two of the biggest things. Yeah. Now, that's the other thing. I think also... You know, it, it helps a lot if it's on a weekend, a day when people are going to take off, because then they're drinking all day. You know, this happened on a Wednesday. Pretty much everyone worked on Wednesday. They were drinking for the game. Everyone got very drunk. If that happens on a Saturday, everyone's probably drinking from, like, noon till whenever. Everyone's that much more drunk and just that much more likely to do stupid things. So some of it is luck. Yeah. Right. I can't believe we've been talking about riots this long. There was the Chris McCann, Chris McCann half-hour thesis to uh, starting a riot. Yeah. So, all right. And, so, and ultimately, off, off of all that half-hour, I've really gotten us nowhere in this conversation. <laughs> all right. Anyways, next time a uh, Chicago team is uh, is in a finals somewhere, that's not the White Sox, because I, I don't even know if anything happens in Chicago when the White Sox win the World Series. Uh, Probably not. Yeah, I'm probably, Dave and I are just really happy, and we're not in yeah. Chicago. So. Uh, and Obama. If, yeah, Obama's really happy. Yeah. Maybe Obama would shoot nukes at Russia or something like that. Be like and then... <laughs> Fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so weapons of mass destruction, so suitcase nuke, earth-moving equipment, and uh, lots of alcohol. And then uh, we'll get ourselves a riot started. All right, do we got any other topics? <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on. So, what did I want to talk about? There is a new Netflix app. It's a very niche app, but it allows you to add up to 49 <laughs> Nicolas Cage movies to your Netflix queue. Are we the only people, by the way, that call him Nick Cage? Uh, I've never heard him called Nick Cage, I don't think. I'll yeah, I think that's just us. Other other than me, it's it's my... I yeah, me, you, and Anthony. Yeah, I... Sorry, I our intern, Andy. <laughs> I hate Nick Cage so much that uh, that I refuse to call him by a <laughs> name that everyone else refers to him as. So I don't have a Netflix account, but I'm thinking about getting one just so I can use this <laughs> application. And I was looking at um, I was looking at Nick Cage's filmography, which I hadn't actually I never actually looked at it in one page. And I was surprised his career really took off starting like ninety. Where was it? I'd say with Leaving Las Vegas, which I still haven't seen, but I've heard it's good. Uh, that was a uh, that was like eighty eight or eighty nine. That was 95. 95? Leaving Las yeah. Vegas? Please? Yeah. So I would say he was on a tear from 95 until, say, about 2002 or so. He did, he did all these movies. This is just I, this is crazy that they all came out at these time, like the same times, right? This is between 95 and 2000. Leaving Las Vegas, followed by The Rock, followed by Con Air, followed by Face Off, followed by City of Angels, followed by Snake Eyes, followed by 8mm, uh, Gone in 60 Seconds... So then he kind of had, a, I don't remember these movies in between here. So until about 2000, but 95 to 2000, he did all of that. Right. It was amazing. I'm so happy I grew up in that time period. <laughs> <laughs> so I was able to witness all of that. Uh, are you, is McCann a Nick Cage fan? Uh, you know what? I never really had any opinion until Nate told me how much he hated him. <laughs> so I love him now. But no, it's like one of those. It's like snakes on the plane, right? You hate it so much, you love it. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, I, I, he's in some movies that I really like. I, I like The Rock a lot. I yeah. like Con Air a lot. Like, those are good movies. Leaving Las Vegas, I don't think I've ever seen straight through. Um, I also did manage to just see a commercial for the first time earlier today when I watched the Cubs romp all over the Angels. 
for the uh, new movie he's got coming out, it's the Disney movie, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Now, yeah. I'm going to go on a limb here and say Nate's probably not going to go to the theater for that movie. No, certainly not. I, I don't want to put money in Nick Cage's pocket or encourage this in any way. And, uh, and stumble, you know, and the way I normally do it is I just randomly, the, the way I normally watch movies uh, is, you know, you just randomly find them places for free and then watch them at your buddy Andy the intern's house. Right. Uh, right. So what, uh, no, I. Well, Nick what Cage, about this? IMDb does say there's a National Treasure 3 in production right now. Uh, well, I mean, that's going to be another Nick Cage movie. Yeah, and you're gonna go see it, aren't you? He's no, probably not. He's he's incredibly uh, prolific, and especially like the really remarkable thing about Nick Cage is there's nothing there's nothing remarkable about him, right? Like, like he's he's not good looking in any way. Like his his hair, like it doesn't get cool. Like it's not cool in any movie. It's just yeah, he's just awkward. Actually, yeah, yeah, it's his his hair is always awkward, dorky, and dweeby. Like you know, it's not like Brad Pitt or George Clooney where you like you look at those guys and you're like man, those guys are cool. Or like Ed Norton or Kevin Spacey who are just like very good actors who, you know, really become their roles or anything like that. He's, he, yeah, I, I can't figure out what the draw of this man is. Like, it, it, he doesn't seem to possess, like other than in Leaving Las Vegas um, and like The Rock, he doesn't even seem to possess like r- remarkable acting ability. It just, it just seems to be the fact that he is related to Coppola somehow catapulted himself, catapulted him into this, uh, you know, multi-million dollar lifestyle where he's incredibly famous. Well, he's now bankrupt. Yeah, he's bankrupt. That's definitely... Flew through that, yeah. Flew through all that uh, 1995 to 2002 money. But yeah, that, that was five years, which is unbelievable. Right, oh no. I, I kind of want to do a tribute now, like a, take a weekend and just watch all of those movies over an entire weekend. <laughs> I think we should do that next time we're together. <laughs> like a what? Do a Nick Cage movie marathon. Vigil. <laughs> we'll just get like ten cases of beer. Start Friday after work. So like Friday six o'clock to Sunday midnight. <laughs> Could do that. I, mean, yeah, I don't that- mind going to a bar and socializing either. <laughs> uh, you know what? Next time you're in Chicago, uh, I'm willing to bet we can get Anthony to buy into this. Yeah. Oh, I think he probably might. If he hears whispers of this, it's, he might just do it by himself. <laughs> or yeah, better yet, we could just do a Nick Cage. We should get somebody to make it. He could, he should create a Nick Cage Power Hour. Oh, well, wow. texting him right now. Yeah, yeah. This is the greatest idea. This is the probably the third greatest idea to ever come out of this podcast. <laughs> Need to start listening. I forget what the other two were. Maybe the over under on the White Sox and uh, oh, buying the minor league team. Yeah, what uh, goes okay. above this, but. So, with if you do a Nick Cage Power Hour, are you looking for like good acting moments in Nick Cage history, or are you just looking for horrible acting moments in Nick Cage history? What's the I'm difference? Just telling, we decided that you have to create a Nick Cage Power Hour, and I, I'll let's just let him run with it. <laughs> he he was telling me about how he wants something to do because he just finished his one of his classes and he doesn't start the next one for a couple weeks. And his so, real job doesn't make him do any work. Well, I mean, he does actual work, but, I mean, he spends a lot of his free time at home studying and whatnot, which he doesn't have yeah. to do now. So this will take up his time. Okay. Yeah, power making power hours is incredible. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I don't know when I was going to come back to Chicago again, but it's whenever he completes that. I will book, <laughs> I will book a flight and be back. I like this. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Excellent. Was that pretty much it, then? So, you know what my favorite... No, I want to do favorite Nick Cage movies. Okay. You know what I think was very underrated? Hmm. The Weatherman. Oh, Never oh saw see, see, now I, you're just needling me. <laughs> I love that movie. I really did. Probably because it's so depressing. and I'm depressing, but... I thought it was such a good movie. Did you really not like it? I No, I did not. I, I was trying to look up uh, Nicolas Cage on IMDb and I typed in Nick Cage and had no idea what <laughs> IMDb and me need to get on the uh, need to get on the same uh, same page as far as how we're referring to our uh, movie actors oh, yeah I always forget that he's also uh, Francis Ford Coppola's nephew I think right yeah he, he changed his name to Nick Cage because he didn't uh, yeah he didn't want people to uh, 
he didn't want to like be like, oh, he was just made by uh, right. The fact that he's related to he, you know what? Even after two thousand two, he really didn't stop. Like he is just like this filmography is just massive. Like he has yeah. been working straight since like pretty much since Vegas. Like yeah, since leaving since leaving Las Vegas. Like I don't think he's has not been working for any period. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have a, yeah. He had a movie every year. Oh, at least at least one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two thousand three, he just had Matchstick Man. Yeah, two thousand eight, he just had Bangkok Dangerous, which I have no idea what that is, but that was not good. Okay, doesn't sound good. McCann, do you have a favorite Nick Cage movie? Um, I don't know. I first saw The Rock. Was a huge it's hard fun. to pick just one. The Rock, the Rock is The Rock's really good. Like yeah, I, Sean Connery's I, awesome in that too. I Maybe really, it's for my favorite movie that Nick Cage appears in, or favorite movie like his favorite, my favorite role of his, or your favorite movie that Nick Cage has been in. I'd probably have to say The Rock. All right, that's but, a good choice. Yeah, Safe I like choice. that movie a lot. We go with the Weatherman still. Um, gosh, I don't know. Yeah, I'll watch it tonight after this. Like, <laughs> Call my dad and then watch The Weatherman. That's a good Father's Day movie. <laughs> um, I really liked uh, I really liked Lord of War. Yeah, but that was in spite of Nick Cage. Like, I, <laughs> like, like Lord of War is where I went from like Nick Cage being like a joke between me and Machek, where we talked about how Nick Cage had seven facial expressions. Right, that's all he had. Lord of War turned it turned my uh, feelings on the cage into what they are now, which is deep burning hatred of him because I feel like his uh, his poor acting destroyed what should have been like an Oscar winning movie. The Lord, of War. that that that's really where that that that's where when when I'm really angry about Nick Cage, yeah. That's that's that is why I'm really angry about Nick, Nick Cage. It's like it's not it's not for movies like National Treasure. Like National Treasure, Nick Cage is absolutely perfect for. It. The Rock, Nick Cage is perfect for. It. He when he starts taking away good scripts that like other people would just like kill. That's yeah. that's where it bothers me. But so I really like Lord of War. I really like Leaving Las Vegas. The Rock, The Rock's probably my favorite action. Movie, the Rock or uh, National Treasure. Our, our two. I didn't like National Treasure that much. I, I like National Treasure. I, a lot of it is... Uh, I mean, I like liked it for the wrong reasons. Like, you find yourself laughing at the bizarre connections he made. Like, you know, it's, it's one of those movies where you leave, like, after watching National Treasure, just like after watching The Da Vinci Code, where you're like, wow, you know, Nick Cage or Tom Hanks' character in that movie is the smartest person ever. Kind of yeah. Thing. Where, like, this whole global warming thing, we could solve it if we could just put those two characters in a room and give them, like, a riddle about global warming. All right. Like, uh, it's done. Yeah, so we got six minutes left. There's one other thing I want to talk about. All right, let's do it. Uh, so Entourage will be starting, I forget when, maybe August? I'm not sure. But Obama is a huge Entourage fan. They said they would, they would schedule his campaign around Entourage so that he would always be able to watch Entourage every week. Uh, what are the chances? The DVR? Jeez. Yeah, I was, I was going <laughs> to so say. You got to watch it live, man. Come on. He he should be able to set this TiVo thing. You gotta watch it live. Oh, he also watches he also watches sports games when he's on Air Force One. But anyway, um, what do you think the chances and how cool would it be if Obama guest starred on Entourage? Ooh, ooh, I like that. If you just did like one of those cameo walkthroughs, yeah, because politicians have gone on things like Saturday Night Live, right? Right. Yeah. So he could do mm-hmm. an Entourage cameo. And obviously, right? We can go back to the convoluted Simmons theory, and you know. Uh, the guy who Ari is the agent that Ari is based off of, right, is, is uh, Rob Emanuel's brother. Right. Yeah, I actually knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I think. I think I'd love to see that. Do you think it'll happen? I um, I could I could see it. I mean, I think it would be cool. I, I really don't think it would be that big of a deal. Um, but I, I'd like to see it. I guess. I, yeah. I don't really have a strong opinions on this one either way, I guess. 
I, I, I would I would love it. It's it's nice when you feel like uh, your president isn't like completely out of touch with right. Things. Well, that's why he's the he's the internet president. He's the BlackBerry president. He's cool. <laughs> right. Absolutely. But yeah, no, I, I, I would like these that. pants I tonight. Sorry. I think it'd be cool, and if you and the thing is like. If you try to imagine another president like being in a you know like major like you know cool hip pop culture kind of show, yeah, like you can't right like George W. Bush doesn't you know right. like if he goes on Entourage it just seems weird and forced right, right like Obama would be like one of those natural things where like he walks by and he's just like hey Vince I liked your last movie and shakes his hand or something like that and, you know like one of the, one of those deals like it, it wouldn't seem weird whereas if you imagine like George W. Bush or Bill Clinton or something like that doing it. It, it's weird. It's artificial, you know. I think yeah. it'll take a couple of times seeing them to hook up. They're not like whores. <laughs> Sorry, that was a really. That <laughs> uh, was okay. Um, yeah. That's so, what do you guys think about? What do you guys think about the upcoming season? I think they said they're going to do two more seasons and then do a movie. Real quick uh, interjection here. So, just because I, you know, I like to multitask. I was on ESPN while we were talking, and sure enough, on the NHL page, there's an ad for Entourage, which says June 27th, 10.30. Oh, no, you're right. It is this month. I forgot. So, yeah. That's actually a week short. from today. Yes. Oh, this is good. Oh, we should have done more on Entourage. Shoot. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, well, this is what I'm, I'm excited about this, too, because I think we could do... We're always having trouble coming with topics. We could probably do an hour on Entourage every week, even though it's only a half-hour show. <laughs> I think we could talk about it for an hour every episode. We could, uh, we could, we so can, look for that coming. Maybe, well, we'll still talk about baseball too. It'll be, we just should be a baseball entourage. That's all we're going to talk about. I like talking about riots. Yeah, I thought <laughs> riots was a good topic. Yeah. Yeah. No uh, problem, guys. So far, the two best topics we have were riots and the census. The census was <laughs> both, so good. That's both I think. contributed by yours truly. We can we can call him Luko Sednik to be on the podcast to talk about uh, his work on the census. Yeah, maybe yeah. if Entourage isn't on one week, we'll do a census recap. Yeah, knowing Entourage, they'll probably just take like a six week break at some point. <laughs> yeah, I'm just uh, I don't I don't know. At the end of last last season ended in such like a weird way for me. I was not happy with it. I don't even remember what happened at the end of last year. Everything just got solved magically. Yeah, there was yep. actually no conflict the whole season. Yeah, it. <laughs> no, not not at all. Like, it it went like yeah, it went from being a show where like it was just watching guys who didn't have real problems, like try to solve their unreal problems. Like you know, oh, I want to buy a ten million dollar house. It went from that to a show where you're just like watching guys live. Like it, <laughs> it 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 was like vaguely compelling. Was uh was all it had going for it? I I don't know. I was I was really unhappy with the way last season. So like, yeah, what's gonna happen this season? I mean, E and Sloan are together, so they're gonna get married. Turtles is he still dating Jamie Lynn? No, he broke up with Jamie Lynn. Oh yeah, that's right, because he was hooking up with the college coed. Yeah. Uh, you know, drama got a job. Vince is gonna get a job. Ari's like the king of Hollywood now. Yeah, yeah. There's these, they're all on the top of the world. Like unless yeah. we're like talk about like a Shakespearean fall here or something like that. Like yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I would be fine doing an entourage. Hopefully there's less of that publicist. I forget her name now. Um, I can't think. Yeah, hopefully there's... Hmm? No. Shauna. Shauna, yeah. Hopefully there's not much of her. She's annoying. Well, I mean, yeah, she's, I she's a character anyway. It's like... I, I think she does her job well. Yeah. She does that. Yeah. Alright, well we hit the hour mark unless you guys have anything you're dying no. to say. Uh, Briefly, um I don't know anything for sure, Nate, but uh Twami says he might be around this weekend when I told that to Denverno. He told me to tell you in case we're not working. I was I was I wanted to come back up to Chicago for the fourth. Then just do that. This 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 Twami That'd be a lot more fun. This Tuami thing kind of shifts the dynamic. No. Because I do want to see yeah. Tuami. Well, I'll talk to you. I mean, I haven't really heard much. I, I heard from him via text, and he asked what was going on the weekend of the 26th. So 
I didn't even tell him that Entourage was starting, even though that's probably the biggest thing of next weekend. But I will, uh, I'll probably give him a call this weekend. Then. You should, uh, should call him and go, whenever you come in, we're just going to sit around and watch Nick Cage. Fine with me. All right. I'll, him, I'll, I'll, I'll keep you posted throughout the week. All right, I'm going to play us out with some uh, Riot fodder if you're ever at Wrigley. Does that sound good? Uh, all right, let's do it. All right, good talk, guys. Good to feel looking for something new. It's happening down at Wrigley Field. Breaking the speed, it's breaking through. It comes again, and it's for real. Here's Cub manager Lee Elia. They're really, really behind you around here. My fucking ass. What the fuck am I supposed to do? Go out there and let my fucking players get destroyed every day and be quiet about it for the fucking nickel dime people that show up? The motherfuckers don't even work. That's why they're out at the fucking game. They want to go out and get a fucking job and find out what it's like to go out and earn a fucking living. 85% of the fucking world's working. The other 15 come out here. Fucking playground for the cocksuckers. There's nothing more exciting that you can do. Come to Wrigley Field. Where's the place that they have? Out of here. My fucking ass.